Hey, Reach Paramount, welcome to our podcast. We really hope this message encourages and challenges you as you walk with the Lord every day. Enjoy this message. Um, today, we're going to get into the Word. I know you guys are in a series called Walking with God. How many of you are enjoying your series so far? Today, I want to talk to you about the Word of God. All right? Is that good? The value of God's Word. That how, how important it is in our walk with Jesus. You, you can't walk with God without hearing His Word. You can't walk with God without knowing what he says and what he, what he thinks and who he is. This, this book that, how many of you guys have a physical Bible? Could you put your physical Bible in the air if you brought it? You guys are a bunch of sinners. You need to go get your physical Bibles. Because you know what happens when you open your phone Bible? You get the Instagram notifications. You get the Facebook notifications. And you say, God, give me just one minute. I'm going to check this real quick. And then you jump for another hour. And then you lose time. So get a physical Bible. But this this book right here. The Word of God is so valuable to our life. This is the guide to our life. This, it, it is God's Word. And we cannot neglect what God says to us, what God has given to us. The, it's, it's, we must have reverence for God's Word. Talk about walking with God. This is how you walk with Him every day. It's by reading His Word. In Matthew chapter 7, if you have your Bibles, you could turn there. If you have your phones, you can get, get there. Just tune it, make sure it's on Do Not Disturb. And you know what? Now's a good chance to go ahead and silence your phone so you know we don't get any ringing here. Matthew chapter 7 says, Anyone who listens to my teaching or my word and follows it is wise, like a person who builds a house on solid rock. Though the rain comes in torrents and the floodwaters rise and the winds beat against that house, it won't collapse because it is built on bedrock. But anyone who hears my teaching and does not obey it is foolish. Like a person who builds a house on sand. When the rain and floods come and the, wind beat, the winds beat against that house, it will collapse with a mighty crash. When Jesus had finished saying these things, the crowds were amazed at his teaching. For he taught with real authority, quite unlike their teachers of religious law. Let's pray. Father, we thank you. We thank you for what you're doing in this house, God. We thank you for what you're doing in our lives. I pray that as I minister, Lord, it be anointed by your spirit, God. Let everything I say be, be led by your spirit and let the foundation be your word. I thank you, Jesus, for the privilege. Lord, I don't take this for granted. I thank you for the privilege that I have to minister what you say, God. Lord, we are grateful. We're grateful in Jesus' name. And everyone says, amen. Thank you, Daniel. Appreciate you. How many are thankful for your worship team? You guys have a really, really good worship team. I'll tell you that right now. It's, it's just very, very good. Where, where's Kim at? Is she in the room? Or is she, she busy with youth or something? I don't know where she's at. She's, she's very, very good. I can't wait till you start writing your own songs. You guys should celebrate that a little bit more. I, ca I can't wait till you start writing your own songs. Man, Kim, you're, I, I almost, there's, there's certain people in this church. Now, don't get offended. There's certain people in this church. I, you know, you, you come to certain churches, you just have a heart for, you, you, okay, you have a heart for the whole church. Okay, let's, let's get that over and let's get it done with. But there are people that God just highlights to you when you come into a church. And Kim, you're, you're just so anointed. I, I don't see you. 
Where are you? There you are. She's so little. I'm like, where are you? Um, you're so anointed, Kim. You just keep, get, get lost in God's presence. Get, let me look at you. There you go. Get lost in God's presence. Get lost in God's presence and then take people with you. You know what I'm saying? There's an anointing on your life. Um, when Jesus is teaching the word, it says that they were amazed at him because he taught with real authority. See, when other religious teachers would teach God's word, they were teaching from the authority of the prophets and the authors of the scriptures. But when Jesus was teaching, he was teaching from his own authority. Because his word is the ultimate authority. When Jesus says it, it is foundational truth. Jesus claimed, he claimed, hold on, is that God's word calling? Answer your phone or turn it on silent. Don't answer it in here though, please. Hello? Imagine. <laughs> Jesus claimed that his word is the true and strong foundation. They were amazed because the authority he taught with he didn't say you have, to, you have to fall on the words of the prophets. He says, you've you got to build on what I'm saying to you. Now, they didn't know at this time, but Jesus was at the same time as he's speaking this, this parable. He at the same time is building the foundation of the prophets in the Old Testament writings. Because we know as we're going to study and we're going to read today, that even those writings were his word. Amen. Jesus and his words keep us stable in our faith. The word of God will keep you stable as you are walking with him. How many have been saved in the last year? Raise your hand. Saved in the last year. Come on, put it high. Don't be ashamed. Come on. How about in the last six months? Anybody? Three months? Two months? How many have been saved for five years? Okay, so we got a gap from five to one. All right, somebody in here is like four years or something. But you, you, you've learned, and you will learn that if you want to make it in the long run, you've got to know God's word. If you want to get to where God is calling you, you've got to be a person who reads and knows and studies the word of God. Amen. I know this is not as exciting as, hey, let me prophesy over everybody. Let me give words. Let's cast out some demons. I get it. But I think somewhere along the line, the church has, has traded in the, the foundational truths for experience. And, we've this, and I think I said this last time, but because we've, because we've lost the reverence for God's word, this is why we need a prophetic word from somebody every single week. Because we're not receiving God's word. We're not studying God's word. And we, we think that churches that study God's word are boring. Where's all the signs and wonders? You're telling me that you're not, you're not, you're not in awe that God wrote a book to you? Is that not sign enough from, me, from God to you? But although the word might sound boring, it might seem like something that you don't always want to talk about. You, probably some of us don't even want to read it. It's foundational to a walk with Jesus. We need it. Psalm 119, 1 through 4 says, Joyful are people of integrity who follow the instructions of the Lord. Joyful are those who obey his laws and search for him with all of their hearts. They do not compromise with evil, and they walk only in his paths. You have charged us to keep your commandments carefully. You wonder why Christians compromise. You wonder why Christians walk in the ways of the world. You wonder why Christians lack integrity. It's because Christians lack God's word. 
They're not following the instruction of the Lord. If you don't want to fade away, you know, we've been, I've been, I, I've been coming to this church. What did we say? We merged when I was nine, right? 2009, right? Is that right? No? When, oh my gosh. I'm, I'm 99? Are you sure? How old am I? <laughs> what year are we in? Is it 19? It's 2008, right? Or something? I'm 18 years old right now? I don't know. Jeez. Um, but I've seen a lot of people come and go. I've seen a lot of people come and, and, and they, get, they, they would be what we, we call on fire for God and they, they would be all excited and, and, and a month later they disappear. Do you know that your walk with Jesus is not to be temporary? Do you know that your walk with Jesus is not, is not supposed to be a phase you have in life? I talk to so many people that say, yeah, I, I, there was a time in my life where I went to church and I did that thing and you know, I don't really do that anymore. It's almost like it's become this, this fad or phase that we go through in life. But you're not meant to, to be here one day and gone the next. You're not meant to just, just be, be, a, be a person that comes to church for a month and, and then disappears back into your old life. When God saves you, when God calls you to your new life, His plan and His goal is that you remain until the day you meet Him face to face. That's the plan that he has for you. That's, that's what he's called you to, is that, is that you, you, you go through and you live your life walking with Jesus, but we fade away when we lose the value and we lose the reverence and honor for the Word of God. Luke chapter 8, verse 4 through 15. Again, you could turn there in your Bibles. You could write it down, take some notes. <clears throat> I, I, what do they say? They, people forget like 80% of what, what they hear if they don't take notes. So take some notes, guys. Come on. I worked really hard on this message. Please take notes. Luke chapter 8, verse 4 through 15. And when a great crowd was gathering, and people from town after town came to see him, he said in a parable, A sower went out to sow his seed, and as he sowed, some fell along the path and was trampled underfoot. And the birds of the air devoured it. And some fell on the rock, and as it grew up, it withered away because it had no moisture. And some fell among the thorns, and the thorns grew up with it and choked it. And some fell into good soil, and grew and yielded a hundredfold. As he said these things, he called out, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. And when his disciples asked him what this parable meant, I'm so glad they asked because sometimes I read these parables, I'm like, Jesus, what are you saying? And luckily for us, he actually gives us the purpose and the meaning of this parable. Um, verse 9, when his disciples asked him what this parable meant, he said, to you it has been given to know the secrets of the kingdom of God. But for others, they are in parables so that seeing they may not see and hearing they may not understand. Now the parable is this. The seed is the word of God. The ones along the path are those who've heard. Then when the devil comes and takes away the word from their hearts so that they may not believe and be saved. And the ones on the rock are those who, when they, hear, when they hear the word, receive it with joy. But these have no root. They believe for a while, and in time of testing, fall away. These are the ones who jump from church to church, who build no roots in their life. In fact, some of you come here from another church sometimes, and I, I, I don't want to call anybody out today, but you've come and, and you're, you're, you're testing the waters. Can I encourage you to finally grow some roots in your life? Church hopping is not good for you. And it's not good for the churches that you go to. You've got to find a good, healthy church. And can I tell you, this is a good, healthy church. This is a good church to be a part of. Now, I think we could all agree it's not a perfect church, right? 
Is that true? Wow. You guys are messed up. <laughs> Verse 14. And as for what fell among the thorns, they are those, listen to this, they are those who hear, but as they go on their way, they are choked by the cares and riches and pleasures of life. And their fruit does not mature. As for that in the good soil, they are those who hearing the word hold it, hold it fast in an, honest, in an honest and good heart and bear fruit with patience. There's a difference between hearing and knowing God's word and accepting God's word. You can hear God's word for the rest of your life. But until you're ready to take some roots, until you're ready to, to get some victory over the enemy who's trying to rob you, until you're ready to, to stop caring about the cares of this world and the pleasures of life, then the, the seeds of the word of God will never sink into the soil of your heart. You've got to be willing to abandon everything else and accept God's word for the truth that it is. Too many people are saying no to God for a good job. They're saying no to his word for a good relationship or what they seem to think is a good relationship. They're saying no to his word for money and pleasures of life. And they're abandoning God's word. They're allowing the enemy to rob them because they don't understand the value and the treasure that it truly is. Now that's nobody here, right? We're all good here? Amen. All right. See, we believe, that the, we, we believe as a church, as a network, we believe that the Bible is the infallible word of God. This is, there's, there are no mistakes in God's word. If you, if you think there are contradictions, it means you don't study enough. You know what you should try? You, you should stop trying to find the contradictions and just start looking for the truth. Because the con if, you try, if you only look for contradictions, all you build is pride in your own life. I'm going to find out why God was wrong. Yeah, good luck. <laughs> good luck with that one, right? I'm going to find I know he messed up somewhere. And me with my high school graduation uh, education, I'm going to figure it out. I'm going to figure out God. <laughs> yeah, you're going you're to get him. Uh, <laughs> The word of God is the infallible, it's, 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 it's the infallible word. It is the truth. This is God's truth. This is his word. But here's the thing. We don't have blind faith. We don't just say, okay, well, it's God's word and we're just going to believe it and there's no facts, there's no history. There's nothing to tell us that this is God's word. There's actually so much, so much proof that this is, this is a, at least a valuable book. Did you know that this is not one book? It's not just a book. Did you know that? Come on. It's okay. Come on. You guys go to, what do, what do you call it? What is it called? Reach Bible Institute. You guys go to Reach, right? You know this. This is a library of books. This is not, and, and listen, listen to the, there's a, it's like a miracle that it's here. It's, consider this. It's 40 different authors, 66 different books, over a time period of 1,600 years, in three languages, Hebrew, Greek, and Aramaic, 
on three continents, Asia, Africa, and Europe, by writers from all walks of life, prophets like Jeremiah, priests like Zechariah, shepherds like Amos, a doctor like Luke, a tax collector in Matthew, a fisherman like Peter, and, and religious people such as Paul. With a gap of more than 400 years between the end of the Old Testament and the beginning of the New Testament, despite the, the wide diversity, the Bible is one book with the same theme from start to finish. It all points to the Savior. It all points to Jesus. Do you realize how miraculous that is? Imagine today that you go to a library and you go pick out a bunch of random books and, and it's a bunch of different, it's the same thing. There's different authors, different places, different languages, and you put them together and they told one story. That's a miracle. But yet we have this in God's word. Not only does it tell one story, but it's been tested throughout history. Don't you think that if the world could debunk the Bible, they would have done it by now? It is still the best-selling book in all the world. People, because people are desperate for the truth. Because it's not just a book. It is God's written word. It is God's written word. At the beginning of the 20th, 20th century, many enemies of the Bible declared that the Bible was more fable than actual history. Since then, archaeologists have, have documented many existing historical places that were mentioned in Scripture. For example, the Old Testament mentions the Hittite nation over 50 times. Archaeologists scoffed until they found evidence of the Hittite nation. The Bible was declaring historical facts before our modern historians ever figured it out. What could it be that it's actually God's word? Not only that, but in writing of the scriptures, there was a very strict process. The original documents are called autographs. None of those are in, exist in existence today. However, the copies can be traced back thousands of years. And how certain are we that we have the original text? The earliest copies of the original Testament text dates back over 2,500 years. These copies are remarkably error-free. Biblical Hebrew scribes had an elaborate counting system for preserving accuracy. At the end of each page, the scribe counted the number of the letters to ensure the accuracy. They knew which letter was exactly in the middle of the text. If it did not match, they threw away that copy and started over. The New Testament autographs were all written before the end of the first century. They go back in time to the original writers. Over 3,500 extant copies have been found and translated. Biblical scholars say that by comparing all the various pieces, they know 99.9% .9 of what the original writers wrote when they wrote. The 1% affects no major teaching or theology. It's not just some book that we randomly chose to believe in. We have historical facts that shows us that this book is a miracle. That it's something very special. Well, how do we know it's actually special? Because there's not just historical proof. There's not just historical backing. But the scripture itself proves its worth when it begins to explain the spiritual inspiration that it was written with. Because it was penned by men, but it's inspired by God. 2 Peter 1, verse 19 through 21. We also have the prophetic message as something completely reliable. And you will do well to pay attention to it. As to a light shining in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts. I always say that sounds like a dark night uh, script. <laughs> verse 20. 
Above all, you must understand that no prophecy of Scripture came about by the prophet's own interpretation of things. For prophecy never had its, ori- had, had its origin in the human will, but prophets, though human, spoke from God as they carried along by the Holy Spirit. 1 Thessalonians 2.13, and we also thank God constantly for this, that when you received the word of God, which you heard from us, you accepted it not as the word of men, but as what it really is, the word of God, which is at work in you believers. 1 Corinthians 2.13, and we impart this in words, not taught by human wisdom, but taught by the Spirit, interpreting spiritual truths to those who are spiritual. It was established by the Holy Spirit. It's God's written word to us. It's the greatest authority that we have in our life. This word of God should be your guide. This is the standard of God, and God's standards do not change. Amen? This first service is sleepy, huh? You guys hung out too late yesterday, huh? Too many tacos last night? I'm jealous of your Mexican food out here. His standards don't change. His word reveals his character. It's, it's, it's amazing how many Christians will say, Oh, God, I want to know you. God, I just want to know you, Lord. I, God, I'm so desperate to know you, God. And in reality, what we mean, and when I say we, I really mean you and I because I'm in the same boat. I wish that God would just touch my head and download his, the information about him. Wouldn't that be better? I mean, okay, not better. You know better than I do. But it, I feel like it'd be easier. We want to know God, but everything you need to know is here. It's right here. It's like a video game in here. This is another one. Did I pass the level of preaching? Checkpoint. Altar call time. Is that my timer? Daniel, where are you? Get up here. <laughs> I gave the warning. I said, silence the phones, and we won't have... It's okay. I have fun. It's all right. It's all right. I told Pastor Marvel, I said, I'm like here every other month. I feel like... Oh, never mind. I'm not going to say it. <laughs> okay, let's go on. We know his, his ways, we know his standards, we know his character by reading God's word. But it also shows us how to live so that we can please him. So that we can do what's right to honor him and to glorify him with our lives. You cannot please God without knowing his word. Psalm 119, 9-16 says this. How can a young man keep his way pure? By guarding it according to your word. With my whole heart I seek you. Let me not wander from your commandments. I have stored up your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Blessed are you, O Lord. Teach me your statutes. With my lips, I declare all the rules of your mouth. In the, way, in the way of your testimonies, I delight as much as in all your riches. I will meditate on your precepts and fix my eyes on your ways. I will delight in your statutes. I will not forget your word. When we stray from his word, we stray from his will. When we don't understand his word, we don't understand his will. We cry, and I love that song that we sang. You said you'd teach me your ways. Yes, it's it's here. No, God, I want you to give me a prophetic dream. God, I've been fasting for a word from you. 
I'm going to go to sleep, God, and today you're going to give me this dream and I'm going to see you face to face. God, I can't wait. And he's like, well, I, I've given you, I've written letters to you. You want to know me, but you're not reading anything that I've written for you. Again, we, we, we desire experience, not discipline. We want the goosebumps of following Jesus. We want the tears. We want the dreams. We want the prophecies. But we can't discipline ourselves to read the word. Daniel, come here. Where are you? Come help me. Seriously, where are you? Come up. It's time. Dad, go get him. Get that guy. Get him in here. When he gets here, we're all going to clap. No, I'm kidding. We're not going to do that. There is when we abandon God's word, we begin to drift from his will. And we begin to drift from his ways. This is what's happened in our society. It's what happened, what's happening in our culture. There is moral decline because of, because of the abandonment of God's word. This is where sin begins. This is where sin begins. Let's jump to, let's jump to Genesis chapter 3, okay? And I'm going to end very soon. Is that all right? Is this helping anybody? Okay. Genesis 3. Oh, thank you. Thank you to the four people back left. Appreciate that. <laughs> thank you, guys. You guys got to be up front next service. <laughs> Genesis 3. It says, now the serpent... Well, let's, let's set it up, okay? First, you have Jesus created the whole world, right? He created the earth, the universe, and all that. Creates man and woman. Let's say it again, man and woman, okay? That's it, too. Um, he creates man and woman. We'll talk about that right now. Don't worry. He creates man and woman. And they have this perfect relationship, this perfect... They're, they're walking in the garden. It's, it's perfection. It's perfection. I mean, God designed it so brilliantly. Not only are they walking in the perfect garden. Oh, he oh, changed. Not only are they walking in the perfect garden. <laughs> oh my God. Not only are they walking in this perfect garden with all this perfection. It's, peace. it's just peace. They're, they're having meetings with God. He has appointments with them. He's just, he, there's a time of day where he gets with them and they, and they have relationship and they have fellowship. It's, it's complete perfection. It's exactly how he designed it. God made it to be so, a certain way. And they were living in that way. And it was perfection. But then we get to Genesis 3. And it says the serpent was crafty. It was more crafty than any other beast of the field. And he said to the woman, listen to this. Did God actually say? He doesn't ask them if they're enjoying their time in the garden. He doesn't jump to the immediate pressure of the temptation of knowledge. He, what does he do? He gets them to first abandon God's word. Did God actually say? And then in verse 4, after he convinces the woman a little bit, 
The serpent says, when God said you need the fruit, you would die. The serpent says, you will not surely die. And then she eats. First, he gets him to doubt God's word. Then he gets him to abandon God's word. And when they abandon God's word, they start to live outside of his will. And when they start to live outside of his will, God has to kick them out of perfection. God has to kick them out of relationship. Because his word and his will teach us to walk with him. Let's jump to Romans chapter 1. For the wrath of God, is verse 18, for the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who by their unrighteousness suppress the truth. What does it mean to suppress? It means to forcibly put an end to it. Suppress the truth for what can be known about God. Listen to this church. For what can be known about God is plain to them. And I would say that we have an even heavier responsibility because they didn't have all these books. He says, for what could be known about God was plain to them because God has shown it to them. For his invisible attributes, namely his eternal power and divine nature, have been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world in things that have been made, so they are without excuse. For although they knew God, listen, although they knew God, they did not honor him as God or give thanks to him. But they began, they became futile in their thinking and their foolish hearts were darkened. Claiming to be wise, they became fools and exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images resembling mortal man and birds and animals and creeping things. Therefore, God gave them up in the lust of their hearts to impurity, to the, to the dishonoring of their bodies among themselves. Listen to this. Because they exchanged the truth about God for a lie. They exchanged the truth about God for a lie and worshiped and served the creature rather than the creator who was blessed forever. This is what we see not just in the world but in the church today. We've abandoned God's word. It's no longer the standard. It's no longer the standard. So we begin to say, did God actually say that homosexuality is a sin? Sound like the devil. Did God actually say that abortion is murder? Did God actually say that you can't choose what gender you are? This is where the world has gone. They've, they've abandoned God. And, and I'm telling you, I'm telling you, I know it's true. It's still in the church. I promise you there are people sitting in this room who are struggling with these thoughts. Students in schools who are being taught and indoctrinated with certain, with certain teachings and beliefs and wondering, did God actually say this? Is it really wrong? We begin to abandon God's truth because His truth is uncomfortable. His truth hurts us a little bit. His truth offends us. So then we start to twist his word. We start to make the scripture say what we wanted to say. 
You know, God, I, I, I really like sleeping with my, with my girlfriend. We're not married, but we enjoy it. I really like sleeping with my, my boyfriend. We're not married, but we enjoy it. So didn't, doesn't the Bible say that we should do unto others as we, would have, we want them to do to us? Is this okay, God? We're bringing pleasure to each other. We love each other. It's love. So we twist the scripture. We wanted to say what we wanted to say instead of what it actually says. Christians are weak today. Not because they're not filled with the Spirit. It's because they don't study the Word. You have the Spirit of God dwelling inside of you. And you know what His job is to do? To reveal this to you. Jesus says, I'm going to send you the helper and he's going to teach you everything that I was teaching you. He's going to reveal all the words that I've said to you. Well, do we say only the New Testament writings of Jesus? Is that? No, no, no. All of this is the word of God. And he wants to teach it to you guys. You know why? Because his way is better. His way is better. It was his design. That, a, that marriage would be between one man and one woman. That's his design. Why? Because he knows better than you do. The Bible says in Isaiah chapter 55, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than yours and my thoughts than yours. You know what, guys? God created us. He should know better than we do. His word has power. It has the power to transform your life. It has the power to overcome the deceit in the lives of the enemy. It has the power to teach you all of who God is. But here's the thing, and this is where it gets hard, is if you want to walk in his power, if you want to walk with Jesus, then you have to yield to what he says is, is to be done. And this is where we lose it. I've had people in my church who love me, right? They, I'm, I'm just the greatest pastor in the world. Until I tell them what they're doing is sin. Oh, that guy, he's just mean. He's mean. I got to go find another church who's going to tell me what I want to hear. It's going to tell me that it's okay to, to sleep around. It's going to tell me that it's okay to go get drunk and party and all those things that I know I shouldn't be doing. I need to, I need to find another church who, who's, who, who, you know, some of you guys get upset with your leaders and you, you say that they're controlling when they're really just trying to guide you. Who are you to tell me that I can't do this? Listen, we as pastors and leaders don't walk in our own authority. We walk according to the scripture. You can get offended all the rest of your life. It doesn't matter because truth remains to be true. It is what it is. And so you, you, all, most of us, what we do is we try to bend God's will for us. We try to bend God's word for us. And we find somebody who will tell us what we want to hear. We go to the YouTube. We go to Instagram. We find all those prophets who have no pastor, who have no leaders, who have no accountability. And we listen to them because they're saying what we want. Say what I want. Because I want to feel good about myself. What good is it to feel good about yourself if you stand before Jesus and he says, I never knew you. We have to come to the place of yielding to him. Of saying, God, you know what? It's not my way, it's yours. 
I'm done living my way. I'm done trying it my way. I'm done. I'm done with all that. God, I'm going to surrender to you. I'm going to submit to you. I'm going to give it to you. I'm going to live my life according to your word. And what does Jesus say? He says, come to me, all who are weary and heavy burden. Come to me and I will give you rest. Why? Because my yoke is easy and my burden is light. This yoke of the word of God, the burden of the word of God. He gives you the spirit of, of God, the Holy Spirit, so that you can live it out. God never calls you to do what he's not willing to empower you to accomplish. The standard of God's word must be submitted to and surrendered to. So here's my call today. Number one, maybe you'll say, why don't we stand? Why don't we stand? What's your name? You, in the, right here in the sweater. Eddie, can I pray for you, Eddie? Who'd you come with? Your family? Are you, do, you, do you come to this church often? Yeah, is your church? Awesome, man. I, don't, I told Pastor Moore every time I come, there's new people. I don't know who comes here anymore. Could you lift your hands? Could you stretch your hands towards Eddie? Why don't you lift your hands, Eddie? Holy Spirit, touch him. hear the Lord, Eddie, saying that the chaos of your life and the worry of your future, God is bringing peace. He's bringing a new peace, a new peace to your heart. Even, even financial. I just see like the Lord saying he's going to open up a door of blessing in your finances. I hear him saying in the season that you've been in, he's been teaching you how to steward well, how to take care of what's in your hands. And there's this, been this new desire to say, God, I don't want to waste anything that you've placed in my life. And I hear him saying, because you've transitioned your mind, into saying, God, I'm going to do it your way and not my way. I'm going to steward what you've given me the best way that I can. I hear him saying, even greater blessing is coming to you. But not just blessing in the things of the world, of finances and material things. But there's a blessing of intimacy with the Holy Spirit that is going to come into your life. I hear the Lord saying that when you go into your room and close the door and open up the Word, when you get on your knees on your bed and you begin to cry out to the Lord, I hear him saying he's going to begin to change even those moments that you've already had with him. I hear him saying, get ready for a heavier glory. Get ready for a heavier weight of anointing. Get ready for a new mantle that's going to be placed on your life. There is a, there is a calling in you to lead people. There's a calling on you to lead people. Holy Spirit. And I hear him saying, don't let the pain of the past hinder the blessing and the joy of your future. Because there's been people who've positioned you and, and didn't keep their word. There have been people who hyped you up and, 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 and complimented you but weren't there when you needed. Who only wanted to be around you when they seen your giftings. 
going to hear him saying, son, you found a good place because there are people around you who don't necessarily care what you have, but they care about who you are. So Father, I pray in Jesus' name that today would be a marking moment for Eddie, that today would be a moment where he knows that you hear every prayer and you see every tear and you're going to take care of every bill and everything that needs to be paid. here right here what's your name yeah you Barbara sorry my hearing's bad I used to play drums forever I lost my hearing Barbara I just do you, who, who do you come with do you have any your husband and your daughter are you in a connect group you are whose connect group do you go to Jason oh you're standing right behind me perfect I was gonna say call your connect group up here not the whole group don't do it I know this guy's got like 100 people in his connect group. (laughs) Um, I I was looking for people and and the Lord just highlighted you. And I just see your house. And what I see is like the the dove of the Holy Spirit beginning to rest on your house. (laughs) And I hear him saying, the ones you've been praying for, The ones you've been praying for are coming home. They're coming home. Because there have been people, I don't don't know, I'm not going to pretend to know who they are. There have been people who you've been believing for and you've been very worried about. That you check their socials, you you text them, you're like, where are you okay, are you doing all right? And you constantly worry about them. You constantly think, I hope they're going to be okay today. I hope they're going to make it another day. I hope they don't do something dumb. I hope they don't do something stupid. And there's been weight on your life. But I hear the Lord saying, the ones you've been praying for are coming home. They're going to be, as you've been asking him, Lord, would you speak to them in dreams? And would you reveal yourself to them? I hear him saying he's faithful to his promises that what he's spoken to you about them will come to pass. But I also hear him saying, he doesn't want you to worry. He doesn't want you to worry. He doesn't want you to be anxious anymore. Anxiety is not how you're meant to live forever. He wants to set you free. He wants to give you real peace. I don't know if you struggle with anxiety, but I did for a long time. You know how I got set free? His word. Because the truth sets you free. So Father, I pray for Barbara right now in Jesus' name. Young young lady right here with right here to your to your right you. What's your name? Abigail, do we have any leaders around that can stand with her? Any female leaders that can stand with her? I just felt the glory of the Lord on you. Holy Spirit, right now, in the name of Jesus, come on, church, stretch your hands forward to her. Every dark thought has to go in Jesus' name. Every dark thought has to go in Jesus' name. Every nightmare, every suicidal thought, Every anxiety, every depression, you're gone in the name of Jesus. 
I hear the Lord saying, daughter, I've created you to be a temple of the Holy Spirit, not a temple of fear, not a temple of worry, not a temple of doubt. I hear the Lord saying, let my glory fill this house. Let the glory fill this house. Holy Spirit, I pray right now in the name of Jesus. I'll tell you right now, and I need the spiritual warriors to begin to pray with me because there are some people in this room that don't like what's going to happen in this house. In this church, as you move forward, there are some naysayers there, the 10 spies that went out with a bad report. And I hear the Lord saying, I'm getting ready to remove the seeds of, of, of division. I'm getting ready to remove the voices of those the voice of those who would speak against your pastor, who would speak against your leaders, who would speak against your culture. I, I see that there's people even now, you're upset with me. I don't care if you're upset with me, I'm speaking truth. And God is getting ready. I hear the Lord saying this. I hear the Lord saying this. You either get right or you get out. You either get right or you get out. You either get right or you get out. Because there's a pl there are There is a place that God is taking this church. That he, I'm telling you right now, you better jump on board or you're going to get left behind. There's a place that God is taking. This church is to be a lighthouse in the city of Paramount. It's to be a lighthouse in the nation, all across all, all the states. And I hear the Lord saying this. Listen to me. Steward well what he's given you. Steward well what he's given you. To the pastors of this house, I hear the Lord saying, don't take for granted the move that I'm bringing and the move that I've brought. Don't take it for granted. This doesn't happen everywhere. But I hear him saying, I found a house that I can dwell within. I found a house that I can trust. Oh, Jesus, we're not perfect, but you choose us. Every evil spirit has to go in Jesus' name. Every evil spirit has to go in Jesus' name. Some of you have been struggling with anxiety for a long time. You need to come down here now. You need to get out of your seat and come down here. You've been struggling with anxiety. I'm telling you, God is getting ready to do something. Come on, come on. If you're down here already, lift your hands. You struggle with anxiety. You're down here ready. Lift your hands. Come on, church. Begin to pray. Lift your hands. Just lift your hands. Lift your hands. Don't wait for somebody to touch you. The Holy Spirit's going to set you free. Come on, church. Begin to pray. Begin to pray. Begin to pray. Begin to pray. Every anxiety has to go. Every anxiety has to go. Every chain has to be broken. Every anxiety has to go in Jesus' name. Let the truth of the Word of God, let the truth of the Word of God reign in their hearts. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, every anxiety has to go. He's setting you free. He's setting you free. Lizzie, stand with her. Stand with her. What's your name? Yeah, you. What? Luna? I just felt the Lord say, let her know the voices will stop. The things that you hear said to you and about you when you look at the mirror. The things you think about yourself that you think, oh, is this just me? But it's not. It's a demonic voice that's been speaking to you and lying to you about yourself and who God is to you. I hear the Lord saying, my daughter, I've come to rescue you today. 
I've come to rescue today because he's not against you, Luna. He's for you. And he loves you. Look at me. The greatest lie that the enemy's got you to believe is that God is done with you. Because you believe that God is done with you, you've sometimes chosen to live a life like someone forgotten by God. But today you got up and said, well, maybe like the prodigal son, maybe I could just be a slave in the house of my father. But I see the Lord putting a, a new robe on you, a ring on your finger and brand new shoes on your feet, saying you're not a slave, you're a daughter of God. You're not a slave, you're a daughter. Would you lift your hands? Close your eyes. Just let God love you. Because everything in you right now is telling you how crazy this is. But God is real and he sees you. Come on, church, pray. Please, please, please. Something broke. Something broke. What's your name? Well, when I saw you worshiping the Lord, he highlighted you to me. And he says, tell him I have not forgotten him. Tell him I've not forgotten him and I've not given up on him. There's a gifting on your life. There at one point was a great intimacy you had with God. I see you as a young man being a man of prayer and somebody who knew him. But life came and got you. As the scripture says, the cares of the world and the pleasures of life rob the word. But I hear the Lord say, let him know the gifting that I gave him when he was a young man is still in his heart today. He's not forgotten you. Listen to me. He's not forgotten you. The devil has tried really hard to convince you. Why run back to God? You've messed up too much. God's done with you. He's tired of your promises, your empty promises. And I hear you even saying, God, I can't promise anymore because every time I do, I break it. But I hear him saying, son, my promises are not as fragile as yours. He loves you. He cares about you. Do you come to this church? Is this your, this your church? Whose connect group are you in? I'm new around here. Jason, just put your hands on him. Put your hands on his shoulders. Holy Spirit, right now. Father, I pray you would renew what was lost. Lift your hands, Manuel. Lift your hands, Manuel. Bub, as you're there, um, Pastor Isaac, why don't you come stand with him? I know you got to squeeze through some people. Liz, you can come stand with your son too. Bob, you're, God is getting ready to take you in another direction. It's like a, a fork in the road. It's a fork in the road for your life. And you can choose the path that you see yourself in and, and you'd like to do and the things you want to accomplish. Or you can turn to the path that God has laid out for you where there are no steps planned that you can see, where there's no blueprint. And I hear him saying, I want to be closer to you 
than you want to be to me. He desires intimacy with you, Isaac. You're not... The relationship with Jesus that you desire is not for somebody else, it's for you. He's called you to it. And he's calling you to trust in the next phase of your life as you step into not just in the age or in maturity, but as you step into a new level of spirit. He's calling you to trust where he's taking you because there is a special anointing on you. There's a special calling on you. So Father, we pray in Jesus' name. when I was praying for him, I heard the Lord say this, don't worry about your kids. You've done a good job. And where they're going, what their future looks like, I hear the Lord saying, don't worry, they won't stray. The enemies lied to you. And he's told you, Liz, that they need to make a testimony for God to use them. And you've heard things like you can't protect them from their testimony. You can't protect them from their story. And so you've been convinced by the enemy that it's almost like you're waiting for something bad to happen because things have been so good. But I hear the Lord saying, daughter, haven't I promised you good things? Haven't I promised you good things? When you were young and you turned to him and he told you, that your kids wouldn't deal with what you dealt with. He says, daughter, that promise is still there. That promise never fades. They will not walk in what you were delivered from. Either one of you. They're not going to know what it's like to be bound in the ways that you were because the scripture is true. Raise up a child in the ways of the Lord and he will not depart from those. Do not worry about your kids. God's going to take care of them. You've been good stewards. Your job's not done. <laughs> job's not done. But you've been good stewards. And he's, he's seen that and he honors that. And they may be stupid sometimes. Crazy sometimes. But I just, I see, like, I feel like the Lord is saying, be confident that the spirit that you carry is in them too. It's in them too. So, Father, we thank you for that, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. What's your name? Blue shirt. What's your name? Have I ever prayed for you before? No? I just sense the joy of the Lord in you. I sense the joy of the Lord on you because he's rescued from a lot of, he's rescued you from a lot of crazy stuff. When you're worshiping, the Lord said he's, he's, he loves the way you worship. Don't be ashamed of your testimony. Don't be ashamed of where you came from. God saved you with purpose. Holy Spirit right now, minister to his heart. 
you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Your future is secure. Your future is secure. I see the enemy sending dogs to you. Like a, like a, like a pack of wolves coming after you. Trying to get you to go where you, go back where you came from. Different voices, different influences, and what's what may seem like love. Come on, we love you. We care about you. Be warned today that it's the wolves of the enemy. Because he's never called you to go back to where from where you came from. I hear him saying, let him know that his future is ahead, not behind. That who you are to become, listen to me, when, when, when God does a work in you, as he's doing already, there will be a time when people will be surprised at your testimony because of how different you are today. Let the worship you carry today be the weapon you use in every season because in every season, God is worthy of your worship. Don't ever stop that. So Father, we thank you. I pray you bless him, God. Seal that in his life in Jesus' name. Seal it in his heart. Amen. Amen. All right. I'm almost done, guys. I promise. I think. Man, is it, I just love, I love doing this. I could do this for forever. I won't. I promise. I won't do that to you. What's your name? I met you before. What's your name again? Sarah. Do we have any ladies, lady leaders? Men, let the women pray for the women, all right? We don't need you to lay hands on any single single ladies, all right, men? <laughs> you predators, get out of here. <laughs> you just, he highlighted you to me, and I said, Lord, I don't want to miss it. What do you want to say? And I just felt him saying, be confident in who he is to you. There's such a battle in your mind. It's almost like, don't be offended by this, but it's almost like that's your weakness. Your weakness is in your brain. Mostly with how you think about yourself. You can celebrate everybody else. You can see the good in everybody else. But when it comes to you and somebody says, oh, you did a really good job. Oh, you look really nice today. You say, nah, because there's a battle here. But be confident that God created you and he made you with beauty and with brains and with gifting and with anointing. He's called you. Don't let the enemy deceive you anymore. Don't dig into the deep secrets of spiritual things. Walk in the truth and the practicality of the word. He's called you to be somebody who, who opens his word. He will give you a revelation of who he is. Because everything in you cries, God, I want to know you more. You look around like, I don't know what I want. I just know I want Jesus. I just know I want him more. You're going to find him in the scriptures. You're going to find him in the word. Be confident. Be confident. I told a young lady here, I said, how could I know any of this? People are always like, man, that was right on the money. I'm like, well, thank God. <laughs> thank God. Because God sees. God sees. He sees you. So Father, I pray in Jesus' name.
I'll leave you with this as I'm ending. Some would say, man, I really want a word from God. I really want a word. It's right here. <laughs> if, if, if you're upset that I didn't give you a word today, you missed the whole sermon. Because the word of God is efficient and it's enough. Amen. Thanks so much for listening to this message from Reach Church Paramount. To stay connected with us, follow us on Instagram or Facebook at Reach Paramount. To give and support this podcast and ministry, visit our website at reachparamount.com slash give.